Welcome in to your Saturday morning installment of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And for once, maybe ever this football season, we have more than just football to give you on this Saturday morning episode. We've got some football, but we have our picks. We have some other football news, and we are, we're going to sprinkle some NBA in there while we're at it. That's That's the beauty of all these sports running at the same time is we're going to Mix it in a little bit. So our NFL picks, we're going to fly through them a little bit more. It's going to be pretty you're quick. Not, you're not going to hear me and Matt somehow make uh, the Cowboys and Lions about TJ Otzelberger. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to fly right through these picks so you don't have to worry about the rants. It's my favorite part. It's my favorite part. It happens almost every show. We're talking. We could be talking about the Padres, and then TJ will find his way in there. Right. <laughs> um, most, hate, most hated man. Yeah. He's, mm, he's, he's on my list. Um, I don't oh, think he's yeah. ever really going to get off my list for that matter, but no, he's, he's the only, he, he's the only person I'm wishing failure on for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> if Iowa state goes winless next year, will not break my heart one bit. No. So, um, like we said, we've got a lot to get to, uh, Thursday actually was a sports equinox. So we had five major sports all in action on the same day. I had to figure out what the fifth sport was because I got hockey, baseball, basketball, football. I was like, well, where's the fifth sport at? MLS. No, it's golf. They consider golf to be one of the major sports. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so we're getting technical now with this. Okay, I see how we're, what we're doing here. But a good day for sports on Thursday. Let's get it rolling here on a Saturday. The biggest news. Should we start with basketball or should we go with football? Let's go with basketball so we're not going back and forth. Okay. Um, Even though that is the name of the show. Yeah, I see what you did there. It's okay. Um, Thursday night, the Clippers continued their reign of dominance in the series against in the series of LA it's against like the Lakers. Eight straight, right? Yeah, it's not a rivalry. Yeah, it's not I, a rivalry. I mean, if it's a rivalry, like the Lakers are gonna win a few, but like they haven't. So um I'm just saying. I mean let's let's discuss we expected this from the Clippers. Um let's there's some things that just stood out to me looking at the box score last night. Um the Clippers leading score was fifteen points. Balanced attack. And that's not a bad thing by any means is that everyone is playing cohesive. Everyone is playing as a unit um, It's or cohesively as a unit. It's not a, a one-man show despite having two of the best players in the league on the same team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Marcus Morris adding 14 points, Norman Powell adding nine, Zubak with four. Zubak had a great game, by the way, 14 points, 17 rebounds, five blocks, former Laker as well. Reggie Jackson adds eight. Paul George, the leading scorer, adds 15. or tied for leading scorer, I should say. But here's also another thing that stands out. Their bench. Their bench added a total of 43 points. The Clippers scored 103. Their bench added 43 of those points. That is huge. Off the bench, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, uh, Kawhi Leonard, John Wall, Terrence Mann, and Luke Kennard. Um, especially once Terrence Mann gets more comfortable, you can expect that. Bench production to go a whole lot up. And you look at the Lakers, leading score on the bench was eight points, uh, which was former uh, Golden State Warrior uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. Well, there's also a very expensive piece on sitting on their bench right now that did not perform very well. He started yesterday. Did he? Did Russ start? Yes, Russell Westbrook did start. That's even um, worse. And put up a whopping 0 of 11, two points. That's bad. Um Three rebounds, four. That might have been his worst game in a very long time. I mean, this is a guy that's making north of $35 million yeah. this year. Uh, so basically what I'm trying to say is uh, you look at the Clippers and their depth. Um, 43 points off the bench. Everyone playing as a unit. Um, you know, leading score only having 15 points. That is good team basketball, and they're only going to get better. And the Lakers, it seems to be the polar opposite. And it's definitely concerning seeing with Russell West. I mean, we all... We all have been giving Russ his fair amount of shit, I think, the past 10 months. But that is like a new low for him. Now we're pointing to it going, we told you this is what was going to happen. Yeah, like, that, that's a new low. And the, the Lakers have an issue on their hand. Um, they're, regardless of what they're going to go on and say, because they'll never admit it, there is some tension there in that locker room, and it's blatantly obvious to see. Um, that team is not together right now, um, watching the game. They're not playing as a unit. And they're not going to go the distance, and I'm not even. I can't even say with confidence they're gonna they're gonna notch a a top eight seed anymore. Like I think in our predictions, I had them, I had them ninth, but I was like, you know, 
that they, they they very well could find a way to get in the top eight. And I think Matt had him 11th. First team um, out. Yep. But a, but a lot of people have this team being a top, top eight seed. And I don't think that's certain anymore. They may not even, if they continue the way they're going, they may not even snag a top 10 seed. They may very well find themselves in the same boat uh, that they were in last year. The one shining star, I guess, for the Lakers last night was Loney Walker. I, I praise that signing in the offseason, and he had a fantastic game last night, adding 26 points, being their leading scorer. Loney Walker is a great piece for them. But here's the crappy thing. Loney Walker is also young, and when having LeBron and Anthony Davis on your team, you need to find a way to win fast, and you're probably going to have to use Loney Walker as a trade piece at the trade deadline. AD also got hurt last night. AD also did. Well, <laughs> I mean, surprise, not surprise. trying to laugh, but are we are we shocked? Right. I think if AD was on this podcast, we could probably only count on him. What twenty percent of the episodes? Yeah, he'll be. He's gonna stub his toe on the on the on the table here. Yep. He might sit down on the chair awkwardly. Yeah. He might get out of his car awkwardly. He might open the door and it hits him in the face. I don't know. So, I, regardless of what he does, he may have some injury issues. But that was bound to happen. Um, you know, he's been having. He has not played a one healthy season. I think and. Uh, that's another thing the Lakers have to look at long term too, and um, I think me and Matt have been saying this forever. Do they really believe this roster right now can win a championship? I hope not. And is and is there really much they can do? Like even I said with Loney Walker, like is there really much you can do with the roster to improve it as well? No one wants Russ. No, sorry, you're gonna have to include your 2027 and 2029 picks to make it seem to give a team a reason to take on Russell Westbrook. Um, and you're going to have to throw in Loney Walker. And what could you realistically get for that? Probably something you're going to give up too much for. Yeah. That's the honest truth. Like, the 2027-2029 first rounder, Loney Walker and Westbrook for Buddy Heald and um, Miles Turner, you're giving up too much. I'll be honest. Buddy Heald sucks. Yeah, he's not great. Buddy, Buddy Heald sucks. Sorry. I hate to break it to you. I know he's like, he had a great, career at Oklahoma and he's an attractive player because he gets streaky sometimes but Buddy Hield in LA I can promise you will be a disaster he's got to find the right fit I, I, it's a little harsh saying he sucks but he's not the player you think he's going to be he's really not Miles Turner that's a good piece but does that make you does that put you over Golden State does that put you over the Clippers does that even put you over the, the Portland Trailblazers like maybe a little bit um, but yeah uh, th- there's just a lot of things internally wrong with that team. And it, it's, it's been displayed through the first two games of the season. Um, you know, you would like to say I'm a, it's one of the tougher things about being a, a Laker hater is I, I, I like LeBron. Uh, I enjoy watching LeBron play. And you'd like to believe that LeBron is going to 180 this and turn it around and be able to do what he was able to accomplish in uh, Cleveland all those years. But LeBron is on the back end of his career. Um, I know he still plays very well, but he's not, he's going to be 38 years old. He's not 33, 32 year old LeBron James where he could probably carry a bunch of dead carcasses around him and get him to the NBA finals. He's in a tougher conference. He's at an older age. He can't do that. He needs a little help. AD needs to step up. Westbrook probably needs to stop showing up. Um, Austin Reeves needs to, like everyone around him really needs to step up and that front office needs to put a good team together around them. Cause I'll be honest with you right now. Um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even rule out trading Anthony Davis. I really wouldn't. I don't think the 80 experiment in LA has worked at all outside that first year. What does 80 accomplish in LA besides year one? A whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of not playing. I think yeah. he's played like maybe 20% of his game since then. Yeah. So you're paying a guy to, you know, do the same thing Kyler Murray does and go home and play video games on his, on his and stream it on Twitch. Right. So, and then he literally had to get bullied into to training again because he did, remember when he did that um, Twitch stream and everyone was like, what is this man doing? Like the season's going to start up in two or three months. And then the next day he was, he was training with lethal shooter. So um, yeah, it, it, it's a mess. And I can't say that I hate it because I enjoy it. I like it, but um, a very impressive opening night for the Clippers. Uh, hopefully Kawhi can stay healthy throughout the year, but even without Kawhi, like, the, the Clippers aren't a championship team without Kawhi, but they're a team that can still, I think, go the distance in the playoffs. And even without Paul George, too, they are still a pretty well-built team where they can make a playoff appearance. I mean, 
they were on the verge of doing it last year with all those two guys, and they've obviously improved this off season. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a good time to be a Clippers fan, and I don't see that winning streak against the Lakers ending anytime soon either. Yeah, I mean, what I when I look at Russ, realistically, they're gonna teams are gonna let his contract expire, and then they're gonna restructure in the off season. I don't think the Lakers are gonna re- retain him this pa- this upcoming off season. I don't even know who'd want to sign him. They'll be a team desperate enough, but they're going to, like I said, there's going to be a massive restructure to that deal. I mean, it may be closer to like a vet minimum, to be honest. Like, I think anybody in their right mind, any GM in their right mind, understands that paying 30, I think it's 36 or $37 million a year for Russell Westbrook. 47. 47. Okay. 40. So He's only I, got one year left on his deal, so that's the good part, but... He literally, I mean, at the end of next season, he'll be a free agent, but it's it's $47 million. Yeah, so any GM really understands that paying 47 you know, maybe even upwards of $50 million a year for a guy that is Russell Westbrook at the point of his career is just overpaying. Like, we said it all along. I said it when he signed the extension with Oklahoma City. I, I wasn't mad at the deal necessarily because I understood it. I understood that. Oklahoma City was essentially rewarding Russ for his loyalty, but it still was a bad contract at that time. And it's still lingering those effects even now. And so Russ, I think, will land on a team somewhere. It's going to be for significantly less. It's probably going to be, I mean, you, you can probably cut that $47 million at least in half, if not more. Um, he's going to get a vet minimum after this year. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, he's, he, not getting, he's not getting anywhere near $20 million. No one... No. He, like I said, he's going to be, he's the next Carmelo Anthony. He'll be like a, maybe like a two-year, $15 million type of guy. Mm, maybe someone. The only team that would be dumb enough to pay that is Charlotte. Well, not $15 million a year, but maybe 15 over two years. No, I'm saying, yeah. I, I don't think anyone will do that besides besides the Hornets. Because the Hornets always give, that's the old Lakers GM, he always gives stupid contracts. And for some reason, they've been linked to Russell Westbrook a lot. So I could see the Hornets doing that. But no one else, like... He's a vet minimum player next year. He's he's the next Carmelo Anthony. It's gonna be very hard. He's being the scapegoat right now, very much how Carmelo Anthony was. It's gonna be very hard for him to find a home. And when he does, it's gonna be very cheap money. And he's gonna have a Carmelo role the rest of his career. Right. And like we've said with the Lakers, they're in the worst spot possible because they don't have a first round pick this year. So it's not like they can look at it and go, "Well, we know we're not gonna be great, so let's try and tank for a good draft pick." Because they don't have one this year. Yeah. So win now i mean you basically have to try and win as many games as you can if you're the lakers and just hope that you can at least get to the playoffs and depending on the seating if you win enough games maybe you find yourself in the second round and you can somewhat salvage the season but i mean i think rob palinka and our yeah that's their gm right rob palinka yeah he rob signed Pelinka. an extension by the way oh boy i don't know why oh, they gave him boy. that but he Ru- signed it him and TJ, right? Um, see, I told you you'd find a way into the conversation. Um, Rob Linka, Jeannie Buss, they have to look themselves in the mirror and go, this is not a championship team. Like, if they are still convincing themselves that this is the 2020 Lakers, they're, they're far from being right. Like, it's just not happening. When you look at the other side, there's a reason why I was so high on the Clippers this year is because of what we saw opening night. The Clippers' depth is going to be a problem for a lot of teams to, to defend this year. And it's going to be a big reason. I think they, honestly, like, Golden State, to me, should be the representative out of the Western Conference. But if you were going to find a team that can go toe-to-toe and match Golden State's depth, the Clippers would probably be that team. Because the Clippers are good enough defensively that they can slow down the scoring of Golden State. And they have a deep enough roster that, you know, they get outside their, their starting five, they can go seven, eight, nine deep into their roster. And those are guys that are going to give you good minutes. They're, they're not just scrubs that you're throwing in for garbage time to to fill out minutes. Those are guys that are going to give you quality minutes that, that are going to come in. They're going to produce, you know, 10, 15 points a game. And, I mean, like we said, the leading score was 15 points for the Clippers last night, or Thursday night, I guess, um, by the time you guys listen to this. 15 points. And... When you look at it and they have 103 total points, that shows you it's a very balanced attack, that it's a very unselfish attack, that the Clippers don't necessarily care who's getting the touches. They don't care if Kawhi is getting to 25 or Paul George is getting to 20 or if Reggie Jackson is getting to 15. Like th- To me, that mentality doesn't feel like that's there for the Clippers. It's very unselfish. It's very much, 
working as one and it's a big reason I think they're going to be the best team in the regular season in the Western Conference. It's a big reason I think they're going to be the the finals or the Western Conference representative in the NBA Finals. It is their depth is going to show up, their depth's going to start mattering and teams are going to start realizing that the Clippers go far beyond their starting five, which most teams, I mean, you're lucky to get to seven deep on most teams. Right. Like that's about where the average is for the league. The Clippers can go almost an entire second unit that sometimes, depending on the opponent, sometimes is better than their their starters. And so, ultimately, I, I think this Clipper team, it, they, I think the the bottom is probably 50 wins this regular season. That's where I think their their bottom is. If they play their cards right and a lot of these guys stay healthy and you know you get a lot of production out of Kawhi and PG, I don't think 60 wins is out of the question for this Clipper team, given the the roster construction. You have a very good head coach in Ty Lue. Uh, you have a very good uh, constructed organization uh, with Steve Ballmer. I mean, it feels like since Steve Ballmer came into town, he has changed complete life in that organization compared to where it was under Donald Sterling. Like, the Clippers seemingly, even on down years, that you can tell they're making moves forward. They've had, you know, advisors like Jerry West in the organization that have kind of been integral parts in building the roster. And so I think, you know, opening night was kind of just a sample size of what I think a lot of people should expect out of the L.A. Clippers moving forward in this season. And that's going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference to go against. Yeah, and like like what you said with Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka, I think they think somewhere in this team is the 2020 championship team, and it's just not there anymore. I mean, you have Braun and AD, like, that's about it. The, the fire's not there anymore. It's just AD's not health as healthy anymore. LeBron's, it, it's... Well, if you look at that 2020 there. team... It, it was well-built. It was well-built, and everything had to be right. Like, they had to literally go win the championship in a hotel lobby. That's how, like, you had to twist and construct so many different aspects of the season to make it just right for the Lakers. Like, they didn't have to deal with travel. They didn't have to deal with opposing fans. They didn't have to deal with any of this. It was played in an empty, basically, convention hall in Florida. And they, I mean, everything had to just fall correctly into place. And even then, Miami took them to six games. So, um yeah, so it, I I think they still think that team's in there somewhere, and it's 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 not. And the sooner they face reality, it's the the better it is for the fan base, and the better it is for their team, and the better it is for um, their jobs. But like I think, like me and Matt have both said, I think you can't. You really have to evaluate where you are this trade deadline if you're the Lakers, and you can't rule out trading Anthony Davis. Right. I really don't think you can because you look at it, you don't have much of a future. Um, and I think that's what they're really feeling to understand. They have no, and they're getting mad. That's one thing I'll give Rob Palenka credit for. He won't trade those picks. They're getting mad at him for not trading those 2027 and 2029 picks, which will almost be top five picks both. Right. Top five picks. They're getting mad that he's not trading top five picks for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Um, Laker fans are just as fault for half the shit they, they come up with and half the shit they want their team to do. Um, and what I think they also pressure uh, management into doing a lot of time because you do that trade. I promise you in what five years when the 2027 lottery comes around they're gonna wish and that they pick, that pick goes first and buddy healed didn't do Jack squat in LA and miles Turner, who's going to be a free agent next season yep. and is probably going to want a lot of money ends up leaving too. Yeah. And what did the Lakers get out of it? They got a 44 and 38 season and they took the, they took the Golden State Warriors to six games in the first round. Yeah. Wow. Like, Whoopee. no. Um, and you could be missing out on the next Victor Wimbanyana or the next Zion Williams or whoever goes first that year. The ninth grader right now that's projected to go first in that draft or the eighth grader or whoever, um, whatever grade that kid is in uh, for the 2027 class. But that's another thing you have to really think of. Unless you're getting something good like a like a katie or somewhere who's borderline all-star or all-star don't trade those picks and that's one thing i will give rob palenka for is he's holding on to those picks and for me there's no reason to trade them unless you can get something similar to that and you also have to look at like i just said you don't have much of a future and if you're not going anywhere by the trade deadline 
trading Anthony Davis could give you some assets and help your team um, start preparing for life after LeBron and and start getting uh, some younger and valuable assets because your most valuable asset right now outside of those two is Loney Walker, and that itself is pretty alarming. So um, that's another thing they really have to look at because you can't you can't build a championship team with Loney Walker and Austin Reeves. I'm sorry. No, it's not going to happen. Well, and like, I mean, it, and Loney Walker is also free agent next year. And he's going to want to get paid as well. Right. And I mean, this is a team that I, I think initially caught a lot of flack, but I like what they did. And, th- and that's Oklahoma City. Like they understood the shelf life of Russ was coming up. They understood Paul George didn't want to be there. They faced reality. They did. And they said, you know what? We're going to suck for a couple of years. But in that couple of years, we're going to stock a lot of draft picks. We're going to stock good draft picks. And now all of a sudden, I mean, in, I think in three years, we're going to be talking about Oklahoma City being a serious threat in the Western Conference. The fact that they have a very good shot at a starting five being Shea Gillius, Josh Giddy, Victor Wimbanyana, Chet Holgram, and who would they throw in at the... There's another guy, I think, in there they can throw in at the five. They have also have a lot of other great young players there. Yeah. And they still have... With all that, they'll still have a bunch of draft picks, so... They can they, go. They, they can go get a veteran with those draft picks. They 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 did not go out and get Donovan Mitchell, which I understand. He may not have been a good fit there, but make no mistake, the next superstar that becomes available, and if OKC has interest in him, they will be front of the line, and it will not be up to that player. And it will really, the the team trading him will really ultimately have no choice but to send him there because why would you turn all that down? Right. So make no mistake, OKC is in a they may have a little bit of a rough year this year, and I think they're doing that on purpose. Let's be real. Well, um, I mean, especially when Chet's not going to play this year. Yeah, and then now, 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 Shea is quote unquote hurt. Um, they're yeah. they're trying to line themselves up to get something. I think we know what they're trying to get uh, in next year's draft. Makes sense. I'd do it. I don't. I don't blame them either. Um, but like I said, make no mistake when when that when that player becomes available, and if OKC wants them, they'll get him. Yeah. That's, that is that is not a lie at all. And you look at the Lakers. They'll still be where the Lakers are. Yeah, they got it. They have to take that Oklahoma City route. Um, if you're anywhere, the trade deadline is usually what, like the 53rd game of the year? Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> if you're not like 30 and 23, even then it's still pretty bad. If you're not like 30 and 23, <laughs> I'd blow it up. Well, I mean, you might have to, but with the and trade. I don't think they'll be anywhere near that either. With the trade deadline, the best thing the Lakers can do for themselves right now is at the deadline, trade for a lot of draft capital if you can. Because you've given a lot of your capital away. The only way you're really going to have a serious turnaround for, and really show that you're planning for life after LeBron is having good draft capital behind it. And so maybe, you, like we said, we shop a guy like Anthony Davis. He's You're probably going to get a decent amount for Anthony Davis. I don't know if, I mean, maybe you take a okay veteran and some draft capital for Anthony Davis and people may at the time go like oh well that you know the Lakers are getting robbed not if you look at the long-term picture like if the Lakers can grab a lottery pick and throw a mediocre veteran in there for Anthony Davis it may look it may be an ultimate win for the Lakers I trade him with the Bulls I think the Bulls would want him he's from Chicago that's that's that would be my first call would be the Chicago Bulls and they have good young players I would say you can grab they have Patrick Williams. They have Kobe White. Yeah, you could do a twenty twenty. Does the the Bulls have a first round pick this year? Don't they? I'm I'm conducting a fake trade right now. Because like if hold the, on, let's like see. You want to trade to a team that you know is going to have a lottery pick either this year or next year at the latest, um, because there's such a huge gap when it comes to the Laker trade assets. Like they don't have first round picks. I think until 2027. So you want to really close up that gap if you can. So this is what I would do. And this is what I think is a realistic trade. Let me make sure it goes through. The Lakers get Nikola Vucevic, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and the Blazers first round pick, which the Chicago Bulls own. And they send out Anthony Davis. Is that a anything like a lottery protected pick or anything nope. like that? Unprotected, and that Blazers pick will almost certainly be in the lottery. Okay, I, I don't do that. I don't hate it. You're getting two valuable young pieces. You're getting a good veteran center, um, and you're getting a, a future first round pick. That's that's the trade I would do. I would trade in Chicago in a heartbeat. 
Now, I mean, like we said, nobody's really going to be interested in Russ. If they were, that would be probably the next. PG. I would just unless unless they're like thirty five and eighteen, and the only thing holding them back is Russell Westbrook. Um, then I would trade him, but if I would just hold on to him, yeah, because you're not the trade picks to get rid of him. So I would just I would just hold on to him. Yeah. They're they're in a point right now where it just makes sense to hold on to him. Like they could do what they did with John, with the Rockets did with John Wall. They could just send them home or something. And what, what Oklahoma City did with Al Horford, uh, you could just do that. Like it it doesn't make any sense to trade him now. If they were going to trade him, they should have done it before the season. And again, I don't blame Rapalinka trading two future draft picks to um, Indiana for Buddy Hield and Miles Turner probably didn't make a lot of sense. No. I mean, you definitely should have just held on to those draft picks if nothing else. Yeah. But another team in the association before we transition over to football, I, I'm kind of going to, I mean, I'm not going to pat myself on the back yet because this is two games in, but the Philadelphia 76ers are 0-2 and, and their re- most recent loss coming off of a two-point home loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in a game where the ball was in James Harden's hands the last shot, and he missed a wide-open teammate for a three. And I mean wide open. Harden has been getting exposed since they got rid of that um, that pump fake yep. or that, that, that pump fake rule where you can draw a foul at the three-point line. Or that, I forgot what the name of it was exactly, but yeah, he's been looking real fraudulent since that. Um, but I think... I think Philly is still a top five team in the East. I don't think they've quite, you know, they've had a pretty rough start to start the year. They're facing the two Eastern Conference favorites. Um, But it also shows that I don't think they're built to beat good teams. Right. I don't think they're built to beat good teams. They're they're good enough to beat um, Toronto. They'll beat Chicago. They'll beat... uh, They take one against Cleveland. Yeah, they'll split with, like, Cleveland and Atlanta. But they're not good enough to beat Milwaukee. They're not good enough to beat Boston, and it, it'll be the same story going into um, going into the playoffs. I'm sure they'll have a hot streak during the regular season, where they'll get a pretty easy 11 game stretch against like the Kings, Bulls, and they're playing like teams barely above 500 and teams below 500, and they'll go like on a little 9-10 game winning streak. You know, everyone will be like, the Sixers are back. The Sixers, Sixers are going to make a run. Philly's looking good. They'll, they'll notch a three seed going into the playoffs and they'll lose in the second round. Yeah, It's the same cycle every year. It's just going to happen again. They're they're going to lose in the second round. So well, how, I look forward to the second round loss. It'll Hopefully they take them to seven games again. I like it when Philly fans get hope and then they, they lose and they um, they can make, they can turn James Harden into the next Ben Simmons and, and blame it all on him, even though Ben Simmons does suck. So he had a pretty rough debut with the Nets, but that's a discussion for another day. So this is another second round exit team. So how far does Philly need to go for Doc to save his job? Probably a conference finals, which they're not going to do. They're they're just not going to get. You're, if they get the four seed, well, either it doesn't matter what seed they get, they're going to have to go through Boston or Milwaukee, and they're not beating either one of them. Giannis is going to have a field day with them, um, and they're not going up to TD Garden and stealing four games. No. So, and even Milwaukee, the Pfizer form is a tough place to play. The Celtics were the, um, I think the only team to win a game there or them and the Bulls, uh, they only lost two home playoff games. And I think they win. Yeah. One was the Bulls. They stole that opening yeah. game. But, uh, since the Pfizer form is open, I think the stat was the Bucks have won 90% of 89% of their playoff games there. So yeah. that's also a very tough place to play. Um, and not having home court advantage sucks. So, I like Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid's a great player, and I think Joel Embiid probably deserves to be playing somewhere else. So get that man um, some help. Yeah, this is this. It's another second round team. There's really not much to waste our time on here with. They're, they'll 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 get out of the first round. They'll they'll draw. Like uh, who will be the sixth seed this year? Who do we put as a sixth seed in our predictions? Maybe like in Atlanta. Oh, they might lose in the first round. Then <laughs> the Hawks. The Hawks have beaten them before. Um, yeah, they very well. Hey, they, they, you will not lose in the second round this year, 76 for fans. You will lose in the first round instead. So, which, I mean, if you're a Sixer fan and you don't like Doc Rivers, that'll just expedite the process of Doc getting fired. Yeah. And then you'll have there to, you you'll have to worry about trying to get rid of James Harden next offseason. So yeah, fun. Enjoy. But, but I love it. 76ers and Lakers are just, 
their downfalls are on the horizon. I'm I'm just kind of watching from my my lawn chair, just watching watching this watching the sunrise. Yeah, sunrise he, on the Celtics and the sunset on those teams. A uh, a team though that did make a very big splash last night or on Thursday night rather, um, in the NFL, probably just moved themselves into the driver's seat for the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. That being the San Francisco 49ers, they have recently acquired Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a second, third, and fourth round pick, I believe. Um, From what I saw, the big centerpiece as to why San Fran pulled the trigger on this is they had a little bit, they had some extra third round picks that they could expend on and they could uh, get rid of. Um, So it made, you know, giving away a lot of draft picks a little bit easier and in return, they're getting arguably one of the best running backs in the league when healthy in Christian McCaffrey. Joey, is there anybody in the NFC that is going to contend with the Niners? What was the key word in what you just said? Or the key line? The key two words that you said just now. What were they? There were a lot of words that I just said. He's the best running back when, when healthy. Ah. Because there there's a bit of a health concern with Christian McCaffrey. Who who plays more? It's it's close. Is it CMC or Anthony Davis? I, probably CMC because he hasn't been hurt yet this year. So we're what six or seven games in. That's pretty good. I think Carolina might have won this, long, and maybe long term. Yeah, well, yeah. I could people gave them crap because they didn't get a first round pick. But what does that tell you if other teams were not willing to give up first round picks for Christian McCaffrey? I think it means that Carolina drastically brought down their asking price for Christian McCaffrey. I don't. I don't. I don't think they. Brought down their asking. I think everyone. I think they know what CMC is worth. I don't think anyone was willing to give up a first round pick, and there's good reason behind it. This is. I mean, this is pretty obvious. What I'm about to say. It's either going to go really good for San Francisco, or it's going to go bad. Yeah. Um, CMC, when healthy, is a fantastic running back. Um, he can catch out of the backfield. Can do what a running back is paid to do and run the football. Obviously. Um, Seemingly a perfect fit for San Fran. A perfect fit, but there's times where he's not healthy, and there's times where he missed a lot of season, and that is you're putting a whole lot of money into someone who's had a lot of health issues, and you traded a significant part of your future for someone who's had a fair amount of health issues. Now, I can't give them too much crap because they didn't give up a first-round pick, but they still gave up second, thirds, and fourths for that, and those are still very valuable picks in the NFL. The NFL is seven rounds. It is... 226 picks I think um, there is still a lot of value in the second third and fourth round Tom Brady was a six round pick um, uh, before his incident Antonio Brown was a six round pick there's there's a lot of great players who come in the back end of the draft um, but yeah I mean I, if, if he stays healthy this is this is a, a force to be reckoned with in the NFC for a very long time for the next two three seasons if not they're still a good team, but shit can hit the fan quick. And they're paying a lot of money for someone who's not healthy. And it just looks bad, and you lose a good piece of your future for someone who's not playing. So it just comes down to health at the end of the day. Um, if we take that out of it, it's a good trade for San Francisco, and that this definitely puts them in the driver's seat for, for the NFC for sure. I don't think if healthy, no one can beat this team. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's life got a lot easier. Yeah, and I think ultimately, like, you know, you, you look at it, and I I went through it last night. I said, okay, who in the NFC could realistically at least give San Fran a good game? I came up with maybe the Eagles, and that was about it. Like, everybody else is significantly, uh, I guess, less than the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC because, I mean, like, you look at teams like, okay, well, maybe Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay is 3-3 three and three right now, and they've got a lot of issues going on. Okay, well, uh, maybe... Maybe Dallas are getting Dak back. I'm not too sold on Dallas because we've seen this story before plenty of times with the Dallas Cowboys. Right. They always give you a great regular season and then fall just a little bit short in the divisional round, probably at home. And so, I mean, a good regular season story, but nothing that's going to really contend long term. You go, okay, well, well, maybe the Green Bay Packers. Like, they, they're always pretty good. Green Bay is a hot mess at the moment. They have Aaron Rodgers, who's now dealing, I believe, with a thumb injury. And there are serious questions as far as if this team's even going to get out of the NFC uh, North, for that matter. You look at maybe the Minnesota Vikings. That's great. Kirk Cousins crumbles in primetime. 
that's a big problem. So you look at around the NFC and you go, okay, well, there's supposed to be these teams that are good and even in their own division, like, okay, well, maybe, maybe the Rams, right? The Rams offense, as we've seen this year, has been anemic. It has been so bad to watch. It has been, it has taken drastic steps backwards from where their Super Bowl run was. And they're just not the same LA Rams that they were last year. So really, I mean, there's not going to be anybody in their division that's going to catch San Fran. They were, I believe, top of their division before this trade. I mean, if if healthy and they stay on course and stay on projection, like San Fran could have their division locked up by like week 13 yeah. because their division's not great. Like Seattle is better than expected, but still not great. Arizona is, well, when Call of Duty comes out, they're not great at all. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's probably going to get fired at the end of the year because that's a team that's probably going to have nine or ten losses. They're going to miss the playoffs, and Cliff's going to go back to college. Like, And that was, that was the, the other thing, not to get too off topic, but I was talking to somebody last night, and they said, well, why is Cliff not working? I said, we're starting to see, and maybe the NFL starting to realize, and a lot of these GMs, that there is a huge, and I mean huge gap, in the college game and the pro game. There's a reason Urban Meyer didn't work out. There's a reason Nick Saban even didn't have that great of a pro career. There's a reason, you know, guys like Chip Kelly had one decent season and then the rest were really bad. There, some of these guys are just really good college coaches, and that's great. They can stay in college and they can make a lot of money for their respective schools and they can have great careers. But there's a huge gap in coaching when it comes to coaching college football and coaching professional football. A lot of those guys have seen it firsthand and maybe it's going to start leading GMs to think twice before they start really investing a lot of hard earned dollars in a college coach to be their next uh, coach of their franchise. Yeah, uh, I agree with Matt there. Um, I think, I think we talked about it before the one college coach who I still think and I believe that would work in the NFL Lincoln is Lincoln Riley. Riley and he's not going anywhere anytime soon unless and it, unless NFL owners want to pay $100 million to buy him out. so Matt Rule's another good example. Yeah, Matt Rule. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Urban Meyer. Um, you know, the list The list can go on and on. And even in basketball, too, um, there's a significant gap between college basketball and professional basketball. Um, you look at uh, Brad Stevens towards the back end of his, his career coaching the Celtics was not working out. Even UNLV great Jerry Tarkanian went and coached yep. the San Antonio Spurs. They started off the year 9-11, and 11 and they fired him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coaching at Nebraska now. Who's What's uh, uh, for basketball? Uh, Fred Horberg. Fred Horberg with the Chicago Bulls. Yep. Did not work out at, well, did not work out at all either. So it, there, there, there is a huge gap um, uh, between coaching, uh, between professional and, and, and collegiate, and even the other way around, high school and collegiate too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just doesn't work out sometimes. And. Uh, I think a lot of NFL GMs probably should be spending the money for next head coaches with rather within their own franchise, uh, a coordinator or a coach within their own building um, to get called up. Or you look at coaches and coordinators of other teams or you look at former players. Yeah. And um, I mean, when you look at this deal for Carolina, I think it's a good long term plan because there's no secret that Carolina is on a fire sale. They just fired Matt Rule. They've gotten rid of their centerpiece and Christian McCaffrey. You can sense that Carolina's playing the long game here. They're they're interested. Traded Robbie Anderson. Yeah, they're they're interested in two, three, four years down the road. They yeah. they they're, they basically have punted on this year. Um, it's been pretty evident. But again, maybe four years from now, we're looking at Carolina and going, man, those trades were a really good idea um, in hindsight. And now, like we said, for San Fran, it's one of those. It's a big roll of the dice. And if it works out great and Christian McCaffrey's healthy, nobody's going to touch this team in the NFC. The a- when they get to the Super Bowl and they play somebody out of the AFC, maybe it's a bit a little bit of a different story. But with the NFC being considerably weaker than the AFC right now, this to me feels like the representative in the Super Bowl from the NFC and the San Francisco 49ers when everything goes according to plan. No doubt. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, to be very clear, I think the 49ers absolutely beat the living you know what out of the philadelphia eagles i think they don't have any trouble with philly and like we said that's probably the only team that yeah. i mean it's probably close maybe like yeah. that's probably the second lot, best team a lot of eagle fans will be going to jail that night after they go up to philly and lose <laughs> oh boy. um but we got a big week we do we got a big week the raiders are also back on the slate their bye week is over how will they respond um 
My first game, I believe, is the Bengals game, but I think Matt, it will be the Steelers game because on his ESPN app. No, I, I made sure I put okay. it. I tried to put it in <laughs> in order the best I can. Uh, real quick, the records uh, update. Joey had a pretty good week last week. He, I think you had you went seven and six or seven and seven, whatever it was. Um, Those upset picks saved me. Yeah, I mean, I it was like a six and eight week for me. It was not great. We're both uh, at fifty wins though. We're both at fifty wins. Uh, I'm currently sitting at fifty two, forty one, and one. Joey. 50, 43, and one, only two games back, closing up that gap for sure. Like we said, the first game on tap is the Cincinnati Bengals. They are at uh, they're at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Do we start seeing a little bit of last year's Bengals showing back up? Uh, yeah, I don't think they have any trouble with Atlanta. I'll go with Bengals. I'm I'm with you. I like the Bengals here. A team that you used to root for a lot, maybe have sold a little stock or maybe all your stock on. The Detroit Lions. Deep down. Deep down, I still care about them. Yeah, it's one of those, like, like you see the picture of, like, the umbrella. Yeah, like, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that meme. Just because uh, I'm mad doesn't mean I stopped Exactly. Uh, the Detroit Lions may be one of the best one in four teams in the league. Going to Dallas to play the Cowboys with Dak expected to be the starter. Yeah. Uh, Matt hit it on the, uh, hit on the nail right there. Uh, I'm definitely, regardless of what I say, I still care about the Cowboys a little bit. Um but yeah, I think Dallas wins this one. Um, Detroit, I really want to root for them, but they're just not giving me a whole lot of reasons to put a lot of stock in them. So I'm going to go with Dallas. Dak is returning. Michael Gallup is healthy. Um, and Zeke has been playing significantly better as well. Yes, I've been very pleased with Zeke's performance for uh, certain reasons. Uh, but give me Dallas as well. This is a good bounce. This is a good game for Dak to come back in. Um, you're playing a, a Detroit defense that's quite frankly probably one of the worst in the league. I think the the Cowboys roll here. Divisional matchup coming up here. The Colts playing the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. It's the worst division in football. Um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Tennessee Titans. Forty yeah. five year old Derrick Henry um, carries this team again. This is a bad football game. I'm with Joey. I'm gonna take the Titans and just probably not watch this game. To be <laughs> honest, the Green Bay Packers go to the nation's capital to play the Washington Commanders. Uh, Green Bay gets back on track here. Um, yeah, they they snag a win against uh, the Washington the Washington Commanders. So, uh, I think as Wentz is hurt too, I believe so. So Taylor Heineke, hey, he's had some he's had some Cinderella stories before. So I guess don't completely rule them out, but um, Green Bay is a safer pick here. Yeah, Aaron's good for usually one or two really big games. This is probably one of them. Give me the Packers on the road. Next game on tap, another divisional matchup uh, coming up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to Carolina to play the Panthers. Yeah, well, oh dear. I think um, the lucky fan in Section Two Twenty Five will be the starting running back for the Panthers going into this game. We'll have a rap. It's like the fifty-fifty raffle. Yeah, except it'll be the it'll running be for back. the starting running back position. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> if Tampa loses this game. There's clearly a lot more going wrong than we had previously thought. So yeah, I'll go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Tampa is a pretty good pick here. They are the biggest favorite on the board. Uh, I think they should have no problems here with Carolina. A surprisingly decent five and one New York uh, Giants team heads down south to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. About to be six and one. I was going to say this was a tough game, but I, I like the Giants here as I'm, well. I'm going to go with the Giants as well. Um, it definitely is a lot closer than you think it would be, uh, but um, they're going to find a way to steal another win. Yeah, I'm I'm with it. I like the Giants, six and one. Another good Cinderella story uh, that we've kind of been following this season. A AFC North divisional matchup has the Browns going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Tough game to pick. The Ravens. You said the Ravens? Yes. The Browns go to Baltimore to play the Ravens. I did not. I must have skipped that one on my thing. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens, though. Uh, Cleveland should have started the year off undefeated, honestly. Um, they should probably only really have one loss. Um, they've lost a lot of close games. They've had a lot of bad losses there down the stretch. But um, going to Baltimore, and Baltimore is the same way, honestly. Yeah. Bo- bo- both these teams might try to find a way to hand it off to the other team here in the final 10 minutes. But... Um, give me give me a Lamar Jackson led Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, uh, close game or at least closer than people think. I'll take Baltimore by a field goal. Um, next matchup, 
Oh, boy. I don't blame you if you don't want to watch this one either. Uh, the Jets going to Denver to play the Broncos. Give me the Broncos. I'm yeah. going to go with Denver here. This is a... The Jets are like UNLV right now. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. What's happening to UNLV these past two games? And I think UNLV needed it. Yeah. Um, they've been so used to losing. They're winning a little bit. Getting a little too confident. And they're going to get their ass kicked. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I don't know if they'll get, quote unquote, their ass kicked by Russell Wilson. Um, but going to Denver is already tough to play with the altitude, mile high, mile high city. Um, and the Broncos really desperately need a win. And you can kind of see the desperation that team has right now. They came very close to beating a very good Chargers team on the road. Considering that game was a snooze fest, almost won it. Um, I think they beat the Jets here. Yeah, I'd love I, to see the Jets win, believe me, but I'm going to go with uh, the Broncos. Yeah, I think Russ cooks up a three-point win here for the Broncos. Have we agreed on every game? I think so. Oh, boy. Um, this is not good. This is um, this is a game that, look, Denver's going to do just enough to get by. They're going to do enough to get the win. It's not going to be pretty, but they will be, they'll do, like I said, they'll do enough to just get by at home. Give me the Broncos. The Seahawks go to SoFi to play the Chargers. Uh, I will go with the Chargers. Yep, I, I agree. I like the Chargers here as well. Hometown team, the Raiders, like we mentioned, welcome in the Houston Texans. Is there any chance in hell the Raiders lose this game? Uh, I've been saying this all week. If we find a way to lose this game, it's time to tank for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or something. If they lose this game, does Josh McDaniels get fired? Uh, One in five? He could. He very well could. I don't know. Um... I have no idea what Mark Davis is thinking. Uh, it would certainly be justified, I think, if he gets fired. Um, but if you lose this game, I think it's time to start looking at the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud uh, pathway. So I like the Raiders here. Um, I think they're one of the best one in four team, one in four NFL teams in a very long time. Uh, they should very well be the other way around, four and one right now. Yeah. Uh, and they should not have issues with a team that is trying to tank right now. I agree. Give me the Raiders at home. Good bounce back spot off a of bye. Uh, should be no problems there. One of the best games of the day, I think, in my opinion, the Chiefs going up to Levi Stadium to play the San Francisco 49ers. Although he probably won't be playing. Give me uh, Christian McCaffrey probably won't be playing in this game. Um, give me the 49ers. Um, they're going to make a defense is going to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Even though Mahomes is unstoppable, I think they contain him a little bit. And I think the Niners offense just has enough pieces to get by. Um, this will be a... Is this Sunday night football? No. That's a mistake. Um, I'm going to go like 23-20 or 26-20. Um, they squeak by. And it's a home game for them, too. It's a home game for the 49ers as yep. well. Um, they, beat, they beat Kansas City here. This was a tough game for me. Like, I could really go either way. I'll go Kansas City barely. Like, okay, if we finally have a different... Yeah, give me Kansas City by, like, two. Like, this is one of those games, it's going to come down to the last possession. Harrison Butker, if he's healthy, may be the person that wins this game for Kansas City yeah. on a last-second field goal. Great game. Probably one to watch. Um, one of the best ones to watch, like I mentioned. But I will go with the Chiefs in a little bit of a bounce-back spot here, trying to get to 5-2 and two and remain or keep a stranglehold, if you will, on the AFC West. Sunday Night Football... Oh boy, the, Steel Why? the Steelers go Why to South this? Beach to play Miami. Why is this a Sunday night football game? That's a good question. I don't yeah. agree with it. I'll, I'll, I'll go through this and find better ones. It's the 49ers and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Cowboys and Lions, honestly, would have been a better one. Uh, Ravens and Browns would have better been a bit of, uh, would have been a better game. Chargers and Seahawks would have been a better pick, too. Um, but here we are. We're doing Steelers. At least it's not the Broncos, I guess. Yeah. We'll take what we can get. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers, though. Uh, I wish Tua nothing but the best in his return game, but it does concern me. How is he going to play? He, My eyes, I don't think he should be playing the rest of the year. No. What happened to him? Again, I don't think people are really understanding the magnitude and how serious two concussions in a four-day span is hard hits too yeah and the fact that he says he doesn't even remember anything from that night yikes yeah that's not good um i really don't like him playing at all and i'm honestly a little concerned but i th think and rightfully so he's not going to play like himself and for lack of a better word he's going to play scared 
and I can't blame him. Um, and I don't know if thank God TJ Watt's not playing. Oh jeez. But I don't know if the Steelers is where you want to throw Tua back into the fold here. No. Um, I would have sat him out, like I said, for the remainder of the year. But he's playing. The Dolphins really don't give a shit. Clearly, so I'm gonna go with the Steelers. I like the upset. I'm with it. I'm with the Steelers here. This is another one of those gritty, tough it out. Mike Tomlin wins that we all look at the schedule and go, damn, how did he pull that one out? Like they had one last week against Tampa. Honestly, like a lot of people, including myself thought Tampa would win that game and the Steelers somehow win 20 to 18. So I I think this is another one of those. The Steelers play a little bit better than expected and I'm still not sold on Miami. Like they're still a very hot mess. Um, I'm still not very sold on Mike McDaniel either as a head coach. Give me the better head coach here and a better defense. Like like you said, Tua going against that Steeler defense, even when he tries to throw, great. He's going to be throwing into one of the best safeties in the league in, my, in Minka Fitzpatrick. So have fun with that. Yeah. So, uh, give me the Steelers in an upset on Sunday Night Football. Leaves us with one final game. Can we stop with this Monday Night crap? Please. Yeah. The Bears going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. Probably a boring game. 17 0, Patriots win. Come on. Or man. like 20 to 0, or 20 to 7, 20 to 3, somewhere around there. Please, NFL. We've suffered enough. Time for Justin Fields to throw for 65 yards and run options all game. The, the, NFL, Bears, the Bears offense. The NFL heard that we were tired of the, the Broncos in primetime. So they, they said, okay. Okay, we'll give you the Bears now. <laughs> the Bears are the new team we're going to put like, in primetime. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Give me the Patriots here. This is going to be a snooze fest. Bill, Bill Belichick's going to get a signature win here. Like, no contest. New England wins in a snooze fest blowout. That's our picks. That's a little our- worrisome. Me and Matt agree on every one except the 49ers game. So, and, that, and that's crazy. Like, we don't look at each other's picks before we shoot either. Like, we write each other, we write the picks down, and we go, okay, we're ready to go. And yeah, that's a little. And I almost had San Fran too. I almost picked San Francisco. Yeah. We almost would have agreed on everything. So yeah. usually when me and Matt agree, it does not end well. No. Usually, I would if you're if you're a bet man, probably pick the opposite teams here. If you go the other side, I will not fight you at all <laughs> on that. That is probably a wise move for sure. But thank you guys for tuning in to a sun or Saturday morning edition of Back and Forth. We're back on Tuesday with fresh content from the weekend. Our likes, our dislikes, all of that that we'll run through on a Tuesday episode of Back and Forth. Until then, enjoy your weekend. I've been your host at Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Join along as always by my co-host, Joey G. Make sure you follow Back and Forth on Twitter at Back and Forth Pod. Instagram is at Back and Forth Podcast. And of course, while you're there, make sure you give the Talk That Talk Media Company a follow on Twitter at TTT Media Company. The rest of our socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. We are back on Tuesday. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs>